Good morning, Chicago and the rest of the world. Welcome to the Money, Sex, Gen X podcast. I'm your host with the most, the Scotty Pippen of podcast Pimpin. Call me winter because I'm cold. Mr. Eric McLeod. And I am not alone. I am joined by the titan of teen tech, music mogul in the making, the Rashid Wallace of stock market knowledge. Come through. My co-host, my brother, the homie, Big Stu. You already know what it is. You already know. Bo, 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 bo. Big Stu, what is going on, man? Hey, and this is, uh, everybody, this is season four, episode one of the Money Sex Gen X podcast. We're going to get into a really good topic, but first and foremost, Stu, how you been, brother? Man, I am blessed and highly favored, brother. Glad to be here, man. Glad to be here. How are you, my brother? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I enjoyed the time off that we took, but I, you know, after a couple of weeks, I was ready to get back going. So I'm excited about today. Been looking really? Forward. Yes, really? sir. You were looking forward to getting back. We've been off for how long now? I think we took about eight weeks off, man. Please. Yeah, yeah, man. And I told you when we did our live, we did our wisdoms uh, Wednesdays the other day. I told you I was going to get the date that the podcast started. So I did get that. What was our anniversary date, bro? Our anniversary date just passed. It was April 5th. Oh! Oh! Yeah, man. It was the one-year anniversary of the Money Sex Gen X podcast. So we are excited about that. That's heavy. That's heavy. That's what's up, man. That's dope. Yes, sir. Yes, so I, I got to shout out your ensemble. You're killing them today with the bow tie. I love it. I love it. Shout out to my lady to be coming through with these fresh bow ties for me, man. Yes, yes. And yes. shout out to you for stepping the game up, man. Look at you, man, all fresh and fly as usual. I appreciate it, brother. I'm trying rocking to do my thing. I'm trying to do my thing. Your fedora and some merch. You rocking some merch, too. I'm rocking the merch. Hey, why don't you tell people where they can get some MSG merch? Well, you know, our people can go to the Money Sex Gen X podcast.com website, click on where it says Money Sex Gen X shop, and get to shopping. Okay. Get, get to shopping. We got tanks. It's summertime. Still a little chilly out. We got hoodies. You got to stay masked up. We got socks and backpacks and jackets and, man, towels, bath towels and we got draws, ladies. You want to get some draws for your guy? Go grab him some draws. We got some leggings for you. No doubt. Go cop. Go cop, man. Go cop. Money Sex Gen X Podcast dot com. Yes, Go sir. Cop. And Go we cop. got my favorite thing that we offer, which is the mug with the red piping. I see we got a black option as well. Go get that. You can drink your coffee in style. Indeed, indeed. We got the red piping. And the black, as you just said. Red, black, man. You know what it is. You know what it is, E. No doubt, no doubt. Support us on this merch. This is not about us trying to collect a dollar. It's about us trying to put merch out there to further the culture. We take that money and we put it back into the show so we can bring better and better segments each and every week. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So today, Stu, we got a really good topic today. Um, 
we, we usually try to ask a question each week with our topics. And today we have, should I, or really it should be, should you, mm-hmm. should you file bankruptcy? Wow. Now, Mark, if you can bring on our guest, we do have a special guest today. And we're going to meet her in a second. Um, she is actually an expert in bankruptcy. Shakina Melbourne, she's also a really good friend of mine. I just told Stu she's one of my best friends in the world. I consider her that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk to her. I'm going to give you the corporate uh, bio, and then we're going to get into who she really is. So Shakina Melbourne is the principal attorney of Upton Law, PLLC, which is a law firm that specializes in business and bankruptcy. Mm. Uh, Ms. Melbourne is a licensed attorney. I'm going to twist it. She is admitted in the United States District Court for the Eastern District of mm. Michigan, the United States District Court for the Western District of Michigan, and all of the local Michigan State Courts. Come to. Wow. Let me. Come to. No. <laughs> right. that's, that's a little corporate thing. Now I'm gonna ask you, Sakina, who are you? Who you be? Who you be? Like, who are you outside of the corporate situation? Oh, disrespectful. First of all, I was not ready for your question, <laughs> and I wanted to introduce myself by saying you was trying to play me on your fedora. So I noticed that you be wearing your hat a lot on the show. So I wanted yes, to make sure I took the time to put mine no on question. today. No question. No question. <laughs> um, who am I told I? Betty I got to come correct because I know Shakina going to have a crazy hat on. I knew that. <laughs> no, it's Sunday. I'm I'm chilling today, you know. But I did bring Tiffany with me. I, you know, I had to bring the Tiffany with me today. <laughs> with my sports gear. I'm going walking today. All right. Got to get that pressure together. Um, no, who am I? I am, I believe, an attorney on a mission. Okay. And the mission is, is to help a lot of people that look like me, but even if they don't look like me, uh, erase some things of their past that's holding them back from their future. Wow. And that's my, my mission. So that includes bankruptcy, but that also includes expungement. Like getting rid of a criminal record. That yeah. includes um, business strategies. That's what I call it because sometimes we start businesses and we don't know what to do next. So instead no of simply just hiring an attorney just to do the paperwork, sometimes I might help people get some resources like an accountant, you know, like a financial advisor, <coughs> like. Um, <laughs> that's the goat with it. Yeah. That's the goat with it right there other people in the network to help people move towards not just having a business, but having a successful business. I love it. I love it. So, and where are you from, Shakina? Where you, where'd you grow up? So I am born and raised in Los Angeles, California, but I got to be, I consider it the golden child because I was the only one in the family born in America. Uh, my family's originally from Jamaica. Well, no disrespect to my niece and my nephews now that are not born in America, but <laughs> I was the first one born in America. And today I am in Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We see you got the Cali swag. So I'm hey. sure people who are from 
probably knew that you were from Cali. So I wanted to tell people real quick how we met. I'm not going to mention the, I'm not going to mention the firm because I don't yeah. I just don't want to do that. But Shakina and I met eh, probably about eight years ago, maybe eight. 2012. Yeah, so nine, eight, nine years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were both in a corporate real estate firm, and we were doing some pretty sophisticated real estate transactional work. Um, and Shakina came through one year, and you know we we hit it off from there. That firm was interesting because I think. <laughs> and there were some characters there, but I think okay. what we learned is a foundation that kind of helped us get into a lot of other scenarios and business, finance, real estate, and all that stuff um, down the road. How, yes. Would you agree with that? Yes, that's a perfect explanation. Excellent. I was in law school, and as part of the law school, I went to Cooley Law School here in Michigan. And it's part of the process. You had to do what's called an externship. And an externship is a little bit more than an internship where you get law school credit, but you're required to basically work 40 hours a week as if you were a practicing attorney. Absolutely. And so I was, the title I had <laughs> was the extern for one of the uh, partners. So one of the attorneys that owned the firm or was in ownership of the firm. Mm -hmm. And um, I put it like this. Eric found more things for me to do. <laughs> no so doubt. this is how we start connecting and building. And I never forget we used to go to the Apple store at lunch break. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm an Apple out. junkie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And figuring out ways on how we were going to move into our next. And whatever Absolutely. that meant. And you know what I'm remembering too now that you're saying this, I want to bring this up and then I want to get Stu into this conversation a little yes. more too. But we, uh, you were around when we were first starting the Greater Inglewood CDC too. That is correct. Because I remember you went to the inaugural fundraiser that we had at uh, Sakar, what is it called? Uh, what's that restaurant on 63rd? It's a really nice restaurant on 63rd by the part of Kennedy King College. Starts with I know it's another one that starts with as it's a culinary art school, but yeah, they created inside, inside of the Kennedy King College, right? Yeah, yeah. The birdcage bird must, must be. I'll, I'll find it. Okay, so we yeah, I remember we had that inaugural fundraiser. You came through and supported, and so I yes. really appreciated that. That experience took me in a lot of different directions. So, and even Stu ended up doing business with the CDC later on. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. I worked with Perry. I worked with Perry uh Perry Gunn when he was the executive director. I've worked with them for about seven years now. And I think you were working with Jim Harbin too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so it took us in a lot of different directions. So yeah, so that's how we met. So yeah. over time, I kind of we've been keeping in touch, we've been referring each other clients and all of that. You over time, you start getting really deep into this bankruptcy situation. But before we go back into that, I want to ask Stu, Stu, yeah. what has your experience been with bankruptcy? Well, I, I've never filed a bankruptcy. I don't know if that's the right decision or not. My experience with bankruptcy is seeing, you know, more from the corporate side, seeing uh, businesses restructure 
kind of wipe away debt and start refresh. But the number I have inquired about in uh, bankruptcies, but it's always been unclear to me how it works. And quite honestly, if they ain't talking about removing that student loan, I think I personally am good. But I don't know. Maybe I'm missing an opportunity. So I'm here to learn today. Okay. Okay. That's my experience with that's my experience with bankruptcies. Okay. I actually did file bankruptcy when I was 20, when I was 18. I think I was 18. And so I, I put out a little video on IG this morning where I was just talking about that whole experience. And um, I want to talk to you about was that the right or wrong way to go about it? But it was crazy how it happened, right? So real qu- a quick story. I was I had moved into a new neighborhood and I had been out hanging out with friends who we were drinking and all that. And I remember I was hanging out with this young lady that I just met from Baltimore that day. We were hanging out. We had a really good time. And so I came home and my homeboy dropped me off. And I had I literally had my hand on the door of my apartment door. And just as I was about to go into the door, these young ladies pulled up in his whip and they were like, yo, who are you? You know, what's going on? And they were just trying to talk to me. So I walked over to the car and started chatting with them. And then they were like, look, why don't you go with us? We're about to go ride around and have some fun. So I jumped in the car with them. I remember chatting with them for maybe 30 seconds because we were all have been drinking. You know, they were drinking before they even came with me. And I had been drinking all day long. I remember chatting with them for about 30 seconds. I remember hearing a crash. And then I don't remember anything else until I woke up in the hospital. I looked up and my parents said, Eric, you almost died. Wow. Now I'm 18, 19 years old. So what happened was my pelvis was broken in several different places. Oh, man. And I had all these different injuries or whatever, right? So come to find out the young lady who was driving the car, she ended up crashing um, because she, I don't know if it was, I guess it was because she was drinking, but she ran into a wall. And so fast forward, the insurance company ended up getting involved. My dad had some kind of insurance policy that covered all types of different stuff. So it wasn't clear whether her insurance company was going to cover it or my dad's. So they started doing all these investigations. Anyway, her insurance company ended up having to cover the situation my attorney at the time, Shakina, told me that if I were to file bankruptcy, I would be able to keep more of the proceeds from the insurance. I had some kind of insurance policy that covered. And so I'm young, you know, I'm 18, 19 years old. I'm like, yeah, if I get to keep more of the money, I'll file bankruptcy. So I filed bankruptcy and I got the money and that was it. And as I said on the video this morning, I don't know if that was a good move. I wasn't really like monitoring my credit and all this stuff at that time. So by the time I started really being aware of my credit, that was already off after seven years have passed. So that's my experience with bankruptcy. Wow. That's funny because for me, I didn't even know anyone who had filed bankruptcy at the time I started doing it. Wow. And how long have you been doing this now? So I've been practicing bankruptcy law for five years. And you didn't know anyone that had filed bankruptcy until no. today? Well, no, now, I mean, I have clients, but... Oh, but oh, you hadn't known anyone personally 
person. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Exactly. Because in law school, bankruptcy is not a required class, at least in law school I went to. But when I talked to other attorneys, it wasn't either. And many bankruptcy, many schools that teach bankruptcy teach it on the ISU was talking about, which is when businesses file bankruptcies, which is chapter 11. But when it comes to the consumer, which is the situation that Eric is explaining, it's more of a trial and error on the attorney's side as well as the individual on what happens next. They're in the process of trying to create some forms of programs or classes or something to teach consumer bankruptcy, but for the most part, it's you learn on the go or you're going to read a whole bunch of pages. The okay. advantage or disadvantage for me is that the firm I was working at forced me to read all the pages. <laughs> so I learned bankruptcy on the theory side and then on the company side. So I originally was representing companies when the individual filed bankruptcy. And that was like uh, car finance companies, banks, mortgages, uh, utility bills like water, light, and stuff like that. After a couple of years, though, I realized, I want to say this in general, but I know this for sure in Michigan, bankruptcy was like the NBA. It was primarily ran and owned by non-African Americans. Hmm. And most of the players were African Americans. Wow. And no one looks at it that way because in the African American community, a lot of times we say stuff like, uh uh-uh, uh, it's bad. But then once you file and then you talk to two or three of your friends, you find out they filed before, they mama filed, they <laughs> <laughs> doesn't file, the past to file. And it's like, well, wait a minute now. Y'all were saying they're like, y'all was so scared. Right. Yeah. And all these people file with you. Which so I, have a, make sense. I do have a, I do have a, a um, I know somebody close to me that has uh filed bankruptcy multiple times so yes. my, my down and dirty is, is the uh, eric is the restaurant sakia sakia yes sir that's the one, right. that's yeah. that's yeah. the one beautiful place beautiful place yeah. i have to check that out but um i, I kind of want to know down and dirty like what's the pros and cons of filing bankruptcy as a as a consumer like as an individual a regular schmegler when well, I, why, why should I and when should I file bankruptcy? Eric, I'm sure we're going to get to that at some point, right? Yeah, I want to get to that in a second. I want to do this real quick before I forget those two. I want to, and Sakina, we do this every episode. We have something called the actual factuals. Yeah. Okay. Where we attempt to give some facts, figures, and definitions for whatever it is that we're talking about. Okay. Uh, we got a, a wonderful researcher that went and pulled some research. So this, this is kind of defining. So because sometimes we we talk about subjects and we assume that everybody knows what we're talking about, yes. right? We have the, the word bankruptcy is thrown around a lot, but what is it? So I what this is what we found and let's discuss it after we go through this. So I the basic definition that I found that I thought was simple was it's a legal proceeding involving a person or a business. They can't pay their debts for some reason. Um, the process begins with a petition that's filed by the debtor who is the person who owes the money um, on or behalf of the creditors or or on behalf of creditors. All of the debtor's assets are measured and evaluated, and the assets that they do have may be used to repay a portion of the outstanding debt. 
a decent definition. Then, and I want to ask you about this. We found, and I don't know if this is true, there are supposed to be six types of bankruptcy, seven, chapter seven, chapter 13, 11, 9, 12, 15. And then the last thing that we came up with is the system is operated by the U.S. bankruptcy courts, which are subunits of the federal district court system. Wow. Okay. So the answer to the question is yes, no, yes. Okay. Okay. So yes to the definition of bankruptcy, but it depends on the chapter of the bankruptcy to determine if assets are going to be taken to repay creditors or not. Okay. Um, no to the six or seven chapters. Think about a chapter book. Okay. A chapter book, chapter one, two, three, four, five. Okay. The six or seven that listed are the most common. Oh. The reason they're called oh, chapters. Oh, Regina. Regina. That's why I call them actual factual. Yeah. You got to get the right, right. right info. Yeah. They're the most common, but the a bankruptcy book itself, because again, I had to read the books. I went back okay. to the law library and grabbed every bankruptcy book I found in order to learn it. There is different chapters between the ones that's listed. That would be saying a book only has chapter one, chapter seven. Right, so how many chapters in this book? Oh, that's a whole grid. I think in total, it might be 20 something. Wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that. Well, it's loopholes yeah. after loopholes after loopholes. Correct. Okay. The thing about bankruptcy. Okay, so are, do you like puzzles? Do you like what? Puzzles. I, I like. I like puzzles. Okay. I like puzzles. So I'm a puzzle person. Like okay. I like puzzles so much, I got tattoos of puzzle pieces. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Gotta put the pieces together. <laughs> exactly. That's the point, right? Well, bankruptcy is a puzzle. Everyone isn't supposed to understand it. That's what makes it so cool. Wow. Now, why do you say that? Now, why do you say that? Why do you yeah, think that everybody? I'm, not I, I'm about to tell you. Hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I don't think people realize the 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 the, the heftiness and yeah. what's being dropped on people today. Oh, look, this is the type of shit to get people shut down right here. Oh, so I'm Bring a it. monster. Come Understand. on, listen. I already know this is heavy. This listen, is, yeah. <laughs> this is this shit is they don't thing. want you to know right here. Well, yeah, because here's the deal. All right. I'm a, I like to, once I learn something, I like to break it down in the lowest point of view possible. I was always taught the only way you can teach someone something is if you understand it in a way that you could teach it to someone else, right? So understand that to be true. Bankruptcy is such a specialty of the law that there's only about this many people who actually know how to do it. Okay. And okay. of the this many people, it's only this many people <laughs> that really know how to play the game. Think about like the game of life or one of the games where you're trying to do the mystery and find out who's the killer. Yeah. That's how deep bankruptcy goes. It can wow. be so detailed that if you don't understand, you're either going to get played in the system 
or the system's going to plague you. And that goes for the attorney as well as the person or the company that's filing the bankers. I got to ask you this now. We, you know, we both kind of came up doing real estate. Do you feel like it's even more, less, like even less people who are knowledgeable than real estate? Yes. Because you know, bad. a lot of people, a lot of people act like they know how to do real estate, but we know that we just know that that's not necessarily. You know, I, I was told one. I have meant I have like six mentors, right? And I like to get mentors that are at least ten years older than me because I learned that the wise is really true. And it comes from experience above, right? So if I'm talking to a mentor who's saying to me, hey, there's a common saying in life. You can always know just enough to get in trouble, right. but you'll know enough that you're on the line of not to get in trouble. Right. That's how most people understand bankruptcy. When I tell you bankruptcy covers more areas of the law than any other law, you say, wait, what? You can file a bankruptcy and change a real estate a transaction. You can file a bankruptcy and stop an eviction. You can file a bankruptcy and stop a lawsuit. Like yeah. in your situation, that's basically what they did. I'm gonna stop this lawsuit, put it on pause like your DVR, and then we're gonna play this law game a different way. Okay. It's almost a reset. It's a reset. It's a reset, but it's a, a reset re depending on your situation bankruptcy to me even though i never filed bankruptcy can i cuss on you yes okay bankruptcy is the best shit to slice bread okay and nobody understands the game that's being played because you can get out of so many things right in our communities or in our neighborhoods we know just enough right so we hear these stories about oh well i don't know if you should file bankruptcy because johnny lost his house well, Johnny lost his house one or two ways. Johnny lost the house because either Johnny filed the bankruptcy alone and didn't understand. Oh, it's three ways. Johnny lost the house and he filed the bankruptcy alone and he didn't understand. Two, Johnny lost the house to, with an attorney who didn't completely understand the game. Mm -hmm. Or three, Johnny got rid of his house in bankruptcy without it being a foreclosure on his credit. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean? Bankruptcy get rid of repos. Before the repo, after the repo, the repo, get off your credit, just while look exam. They can't come after you for the loan money that you left in Owen. They can't come after you for the impound cost, towing cost, nothing. It just goes. What about the impact to your credit? I think for me, that's been, that's, there's two things for me. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to use, I'm, I'm interested in your services. So I'm going to use this opportunity. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> for what I can, and I look. If y'all listening, y'all missing out for not being here. You need to tap in, Stu. But, before you do that, let them know where we at. Man, we at the Money Sex Gen X podcast season four coming out the gates, guns blazing. <laughs> what's that? What's that? They be doing on TikTok? That, 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 we coming like that. We coming like that on season four, see episode one. We are with Shakina uh, Melbourne. Uh, principal attorney of Upton Law. We're discussing should you file bankruptcy. Uh, MoneySexGenXPodcast.com. Shakina, listen, I'm concerned okay. about two things. Yeah. There's doggone, I went to HBCU, Southern University, Baton Rouge in the building. You know what it is. Uh, there's student loan mm -hmm. and 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 that's not, that's not paid off yet. And my credit score. Okay. So, I wanna I wanna get rid of this student loan, which they say I can't. And I wanna 
and I, want, I don't want to hurt my credit score. This bank, all of these bankruptcies, how do they impact my credit score? Okay, so this is where I have to put on my weird disclaimer, okay? Yeah. So a bankruptcy is based on a case-by-case basis, right? There's never real general rules, and that's what makes bankruptcy so much more complicated than other areas of law, and this is why it can trump other areas of the law. It's because it's really a case-by-case basis. Some people have been able to get rid of loans in bankruptcy. It's a little more of a process to get rid of bank your student loans. Like it is a huge scrutiny, right? But it exists. There's also been a bill that has been pending, and they're trying to figure out exactly how they're going to do this because uh, of getting rid of student loans in bankruptcy. One of the biggest problems I think they're having with the bill is the how. How do we implement this without tanking the student loan economics? Because here's the thing. I don't know if you know this, but you know, a good 80 to 90% of us lawyers got through the loan. I got 300 k okay? okay? If that bill come out and it says, I can file bankruptcy, I'm closing the shop for them 30 <laughs> them. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I am being honest. I am closing up shop for a yeah. good three, six months, and I'm filing my <laughs> damn self. Thanks for that, go for that. Okay, right? So yeah. I'm just throwing it out there, right? So again, most attorneys, which are also politicians, have student loans. How do we not tank the system if we let this bill go through? That's yeah. one, right? As it relates to credit score, again, it depends. If your credit score 300 and 400, what do you have to lose? And a lot of people actually be saying that. Like, sir, are you serious? You you can't get no credit anyway. What are you talking about? You must know why. Right? On the flip side, it's two sides to the coin. Because of the FICO score formula, the lower your credit score, your credit score actually increases by filing bankruptcy. You keep the history. So, you know, one of the factors of the FICO score is how long you had credit for. Right. So if you had credit for 10, 12 years and we take off all the collections, we take off all the late fees and anything that says red, it can only go up. So I've had clients that filed bankruptcy, like a chapter seven, which is 90 days from start to finish. And within, so 90 days, three months, so by six months, they had a credit score of 750. I've seen clients file even a chapter 13, which is where you're paying a portion of your debts back to the creditors. Their credit score has went up 124. Now, I've also seen someone who have a 700 credit score, their credit score go down because of filing bankruptcy. And that's because of the formula and the way it was assessed based on their credit score amount or number. <clears throat> so it just depends. Damn, also, people like, <laughs> also, some people say, oh, my God, it's going to be on my credit for seven years. Everything's on your credit for seven years. What are you talking about? Good or bad. The collections are sitting there. And even when it came up, they have up to 10 years to sue you. So it's still secretly sitting there. So what are you saying? Correct. What are you saying? Within six months of filing a Chapter 7, I've seen people go lease Mercedes Benz and damn near Maseratis. Like, are you serious? Yeah. In two years of filing bankruptcy, you can go into a mortgage company and get a regular conventional loan. Because, again, if you started at 300 of a credit score, 
two years later, you have 750. You good. You make a decent amount of money. You can, you know, assure the lender that you can pay. Then they will still lend to you. I actually have a family member who did that. So he filed bankruptcy. And then within a year, not only did he get a mortgage, he got a construction mortgage. Yeah. Wow. So it was good. It was it wasn't even a full year. You know, he did that. Because you you have to remember it's something the law has provided. We're this ain't no get rich quick scheme. It ain't no loophole, the cheat sheet you found on YouTube for your video game. The law was bankruptcy has been around since like early 1900. This isn't a fake thing. It ain't new to the system. It ain't new to the game. You know, they changed the laws to allow people to have more advantages in 2006, which is called Bathsheba. After 2006, it was still a game changer. It's not anything new to the law. It's been here. Okay. Give me three things. I know you. I don't think you prepped for this either. I know you didn't because I didn't ask you this, and this just came to me. Oh, bankruptcy like, right here. I eat, sleep, and shit. This come through. I know who's high valued in this room. Um, so three things. Right, right, right. <laughs> and Eric, uh, we have a we have a free download um, resource for people. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Yeah, yeah. Give me a couple of things, like a couple of things I need to consider if I'm if I should file bankruptcy or not. Like, what, you know, you know, my credit score is, you know, it's a, it's, it's a gamble, right? You know, it's, it is what it is. But I make the money, right? And uh, my reputation precedes me, and I'm a good dude. And uh, should I file bankruptcy? What should I be thinking about? How do I make this determination of whether I should or shouldn't? And let's use a scenario where this person he's describing is they earn a hundred thousand dollars a year. So their income is not low. Cause that's another thing I wanted to get into when a person has what they consider to be a high income. Okay. So I'm gonna put it like this. So I've come up mentally with my own secret formula for bankruptcy that I know can go through the system with any, without issues and problems. In fact, I've been working on a book for the last year on, it's a three-part series, hopefully it'll come out this summer, but it's about bankruptcies and a lot of the answers to the questions that you're referring to, right? So on average, most consumers, which are any individual, will qualify for either a Chapter 7 or Chapter 13 bankruptcy. Chapter seven, both of them have formulas to determine which chapter you would fall into. So I love when clients call that I want to follow. No, that ain't how it works. <laughs> okay, it's a formula on the actual bankruptcy side. Now, right? why are they calling saying why are they calling with a specific chapter in mind? Are they Googling something or what's going on? Of course. And you know, my cousin baby mama friend said she fouled and <laughs> She filed chapter seven. It got worked out. She wanted to do the same. Okay, that's not how it works. On average, someone who makes over $65,000 mm-hmm. is going to have to file a chapter 13. Mm-hmm. Over 65000 you filed chapter 13. Under sixty-five, you filed chapter seven. That is correct. Okay, okay. That's the easiest way to describe it. Part of the formula, just like a FICO store, there's a formula, FICO score, there's a formula to which chapter you're going to file. One part of the chapter is what does your last year's tax return say of your gross annual income? 
gross annual income. Okay. Correct. On the other side is what is your monthly income to expenses? Monthly here's income. why. Right. So here's why someone still might make a hundred K and still qualify for a chapter seven. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Let's say you have a hundred thousand, but your mortgage, when you get your monthly income, your monthly income might be, let's say $5,000. But when you get to your expenses between your mortgage, your car, no, your child care, you know, the food, how many kids you have, you really, your expenses exceed the $5,000 in income. Okay. okay. Or which is common. Which is common. Correct. Yeah. The chapter seven gives you a wiggle room between 5000 like the 5000 is a wiggle ring of $200 between mm. your income and expenses. So when you subtract the two, if you have $200 left over or less than $200, you may still qualify for a chapter seven. If for some reason, because your expenses that the bankruptcy court is looking at is your necessities. So they're not looking at, you know, how much you paid on Hulu and Netflix and these five other things you watch TV on. They look at your rent, your renter's insurance or your mortgage, mortgage insurance. They look at car note, car insurance, about how much are you paying in food? Are you paying your children's education costs? Like they're going to private school. Are you paying the tuition? They factor in your actual necessities. Okay. Not your credit card bills, not your personal loans, nothing like that. If that window is $200 or less, then you may still qualify for Chapter 7. If you're... After your expenses and income exceeds $200, that's another way they might require you to file a Chapter 13, which is, hey, you're still going to pay your creditors back, but you're going to pay it only a percentage of it. It's basically a pro rata basis. So, again, that's another formula where depending on how much you owe, like let's say you owe a credit card company $10,000, but based on your income, based on your expenses, we're only going to pay... 10% of that $10,000 over time. And after a chapter 13 runs three to five years. So after let's say three years, you only pay $3,000 towards the $10,000 for the credit card. At that point, you then will be able to get discharged and don't have to pay the rest of the money. Okay. okay. So are you saying Cause I'm <laughs> a lot of that was just like, right? <laughs> I know. That's why I started with this is a case by case basis. Right. A lot and of that hard because it is such a technical subject. You know what I mean? It's, it's Very actually, that, well, but, again, this is why I started with it's a puzzle. If I introduce you to a yeah, puzzle, there's multiple pieces to the puzzle. That's this right. Is how I, it works. That's great. Now, and this is why you are such a rare gem. This is why you're such a nice dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's dope. <laughs> you got it. You got it figured out. And we need to know you. We need to be in tune because we're all about here at the Money Section X podcast. And Eric, this is Eric's baby. You yeah. know, man, empowering people, upwardly mobile, conscious people, giving them the tools and resources and access to make the best decisions for their lives so they can live, you know, the best life that they want to live. Did I get it right, E? You did. You did. I mean, you know, it's funny because there's so many things happening on social media these days that we still feel like a lot of subjects are being discussed, 
But when it gets down to the actual understanding of things, we still see these significant gaps. And so yeah. that's why Stu and I wanted to do this. We need to be talking to a Shekinah for right. 45 minutes because it's too much noise on social media. Like there might be somebody else talking about the same thing, but you just didn't catch it the other yeah. five times. And so we're just trying to get in that cycle of information that's out there. Look, but I mean, I mean, uh, this is uh, Stu's moment of uh, what was that? What, I forgot what the name of it was, Pete. But uh, either the moment, mom, my moment of disclosure. Okay. So before our former president became president, I really liked that dude. I was a huge fan of, of that dude. He was on Will Smith. He was, you know, had that great TV show, The Apprentice, is hanging out with Snoop Dogg. You know, he was just like a guy that. You know, man, I want to get to that level. And I'm, I'm purposefully not saying the, the man's name. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we but know. the story is that he filed bankruptcy like seven times, six, seven times. Is there a way, and this is a baller move, how do I, how do I, how, and I don't want to pay shit. I want to walk away. I don't want to pay nothing. I want to get it off the books and start over. Okay, so... We're talking about different chapters of bankruptcy now. He filed chapter 11 bankruptcy, which is chapter the same 11. thing. Yes. So that's the same thing. Restructuring one. That is correct. Okay, that's okay. the same thing 50 Cent would have filed when everybody was like, 50 ran out of money because he's oh, a yeah, girl yeah. through him. Yeah. And yeah. He, yeah. Okay, that's not really how it works. <laughs> chapter 11 bankruptcy is per business. Okay. Oh, her business. What, uh, wait, can you that? what do you mean? Right. So if you know the former president owns seven businesses, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. each business can file chapter eleven separately. Damn. So Whoa. He, the man didn't file file bankruptcy. Right, because there's entities. These are not they're not associated with him. Their own so 50 Cent is not broke. Yeah. The company that she sued, received the judgment on, is the company that he filed bankruptcy with to get rid of the lawsuit. And this is why he still had power in every contract after that. And people are like, how is that possible? Because Curtis probably has the contract with Stars, not yeah. the company she sued. Yeah. Or a second company he owns. Yeah, I hope y'all listening out there. This woman is giving us this queen, is giving us a million. This is more than a million dollars. This is five million dollars worth of game. Million dollars. you from having to call in and get that initial consultation? You're getting a lot of that information right now. I actually do consultations for free. It's hard to sell this because a lot of people don't understand it. And a lot of times what happens is it's we in many communities, because again, it's not a color thing. I've learned that too, right? In lower income communities, we got so accustomed to the belief of robbing Peter to pay Paul that we'll do this for eight years, 10 years, 12 years. And I'm telling you, by filing bankruptcy, your immediate fresh start starts the day you file. You ain't got to okay. rob Peter Pay Paul no more. There is no, let me figure it out. This too good to be true. She lying. I get it all the time. 
I like to tell people when they file bankruptcy to get credit karma. So you're going to get credit karma before you file bankruptcy or you're going to get it afterwards. Either way, you will actually start seeing the actual movements on a day-to-day on your credit. This is how deep this is. We don't have to keep trying to find a way out. This is the way out. Just walk through the door. It's that simple. And yet it takes more. I, I have to do more mental counseling for an individual that's going to file bankruptcy than to work on the damn paperwork. I'm going to just be honest. Right, right. Because of, is it because of the stigma or is it because they just don't understand it conceptually or both? Or what is it? Why is that mental piece so important? It's both. A lot of the times it's that one random story that I don't know where it started from that Johnny got his house taken. And if Johnny didn't get his house taken, Karen got her car taken. Karen probably didn't explain, or the attorney who helped her didn't explain that Karen was able to get rid of a car note that she had in her bankruptcy because the car note was too high and she couldn't pay it anymore and was able to get rid of the car, give it back to the car lender and never owe any money on it again. But that's not the story people see. What they see is one day Karen had a car and a repo man came and picked it up. Right. We don't see that she signed paperwork that said, I'm done with it, the contract is over, and I don't owe the, ne- the other $20,000 left on this car. So really, in those situations, it's a per- the person is making a decision. They're like, yo, I'm going to go ahead and get rid of this car. I'm done I'm, I'm with it. Literally. It's not the court saying you have to get up out that car. It's the person saying. Correct. Because what happens a lot of time is we as consumers aren't used to being the person in the driver's seat. When you call the 1-800 number yourself and you call in the company like, ah, you know, I lost my job and I need help and I need help. And there's just another random person on the other side of the phone. They're not as welcoming to you. So we, we on the low income side get so defensive when it comes to our finances. That we don't know how to say we really need help, right? And even when you do, you pleading with someone who doesn't have a high position on the other side, right? However, when you file bankruptcy, you bring everybody to the table. You become the person driving in the driver's seat. I want to keep my house or I want to get rid of it. I want to keep my car or I want to get rid of it. See, we haven't been taught that we can be the person to driver's seat controlling our credit scores or controlling the debts we have and what, what we want to get rid of right. until you file bankruptcy. Though. So let me see if I'm catching, let me see if I'm processing this right. So Daphne Lloyd asked this question. She said, which one allows you to keep your home and car? If I'm understanding you correctly, <laughs> let me know if I'm not. The one, it's not about which one, it's about the choice that you make as the consumer. Correct. So it can be any of them, but you make you a choice be- that I want to keep the car or I don't want to keep it. Correct. So another part of the formula, right? You own a house. If you own a house and there's a certain amount of equity in your home, then you might have to file a chapter 13 in order to keep your home because of the significant amount of equity in your home. If you don't have as much equity in the home, like right now, the number is somewhere around $25,000 or something like that. If you're not married, if you're married, it's closer to $50,000 or more in equity in your home. 
So if you're following the chapter seven, one of the things you or your attorney needs to be looking at is how much equity is in your home when you own a home. If you own a home and you own, like in Michigan, it's quite common for people to have rental property. So if you own a home and rental property, I would not suggest you file a chapter seven. You're in a better position to file a chapter 13. At that point, you keep your home and your rental properties with no issues, no problem. In chapter seven, they're going to start questioning you. And should you keep your rental or maybe we need to sell your rental and get some of the assets from the equity in the rental to pay your creditors back? Okay. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And I'm glad that you're going into this where people have rental properties, because this is another thing that Stu and I try to focus on. So Gen Xer people in general, a lot of people, once they get to the Gen X, they're Gen X, so they once they get to their 40s, they're typically doing pretty well financially. Yes. A lot of stuff that you see online, a lot of times it's focused on people who are kind of in the lower income bracket. And, and we've all been there. I've been that person. It's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with it. everybody has their journey. But we felt like there needed to be more information for the person that they do make two hundred thousand dollars a year. They do make two fifty. They own three or four properties and all this stuff. Okay. But like you said, and I want to get your thoughts on this. So you're sitting there with that person. They're highly accomplished. They have a high income, but something is off. And now they're in front of you thinking about possibly filing bankruptcy as this person who's been successful, but just things aren't going well. Right. Because you can't control your income and outcome. And what I mean by that, attorneys file bankruptcy. I've seen doctors file bankruptcy. I've seen pastors of churches file bankruptcy. Yeah. The purpose of bankruptcy is to create some leverage between your income and your expenses. Can you say that one more time, please? The advantage of filing bankruptcy is, I forgot what I just said. No, no, it's it's, it's, it's to create that leverage, that leverage between between your income and your your expenses. But what about, see, this is the part. And look, I'm dating my, I ain't dating myself. This is the Gen X, money, sex, Gen X part. I'm a Gen Xer. So 80s and 90s, people were abusing it, though. It was like there were some protocols put in place to stop the use of how, like, bankruptcy laws were restructured late 80s and 90s because of people abusing that. It's like, oh, I I filed bankruptcy, and then I just ball out. It's like, that's irresponsible. So it's not that. It's that, but... Is there can is there a way to to abuse it or? Don't get me wrong. I was about to say, don't get me wrong. That hasn't significantly changed. I understand it to be true. Most of us learn financial literacy through trial and error. Mm-hmm. So you have people that are called refilers. Refilers are people who intentionally wait every eight years on the dot, eight years in one day, and will file bankruptcy the following day. Oh, okay. Because they know system gamer people. The system gamers, because they know what is in store. Most of the books that you see online, including audibles, like I did a whole search on this. Like, is this serious? If I want to file bankruptcy, what's out there for me to know what's out there? And the problem is there's not enough great information out there. You have financial advisors that say to you for a second, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. It's 2021. The game has changed. Look, Shakina, you shouldn't even give no more up. 
You shouldn't even, I, I, you shouldn't even give up no more info. And not to not that we shouldn't share this with our people because we're here to share it. But I think what you have laid down is so heavy that it's got to be digested. It's just got to be. We just got to really just sit and marinate for a second. That and the fact that we have access to you right now because I'm not just looking at today. I'm looking at like I work with young people. My young people are in high school, middle school. I bring them. I bring them. I drop gems. This this conversation I have with my young people in 20 years. They're going to be looking at this, what's happening right now. And say, Shakina Melbourne back in 2001 was dropping the jewels on bankruptcy back then. And I picked up the game. And this is where I'm at today because I learned what I, my grandparents and my parents didn't know. Because, because of you. Because of you bringing it to us directly. That's how heavy it is right now. And you got people out there that chimed in saying that they're taking notes right now. So some people, they're taking it extremely serious, like right this I, moment. I want that. This is my whole point. The literature of, if I go to Instagram and just post, hey, bankruptcy, y'all, don't nobody like that. You know what they like? The photos when I'm at the marina living out my best life. Like, wow, right? So it's hard to share the information if no one's listening to the information. Damn. That's the hard part, right? Well, you gotta be woke. You gotta be woke. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta be ready to receive. Correct. And it's a process to receive it because, again, this is what I was saying: it's a case by case basis. It's hard to say, "Hey, this is what's going to work for you." Like, for example, bankruptcies also isn't for everyone. Understand that too. So I also work with credit repair or credit management or whatever you want to call these people who do credit services, because if you, for whatever, don't meet the eligibility, here's the part that you understand. As much as I owe the 300,000, every time I drop my signature on a bankruptcy, this is federal law. This ain't a game. My license is on the line for every time I file a bankruptcy. I can be suspended. My license can be revoked by lying or causing someone that's not qualified for bankruptcy to be in bankruptcy just based on the fact that this is federal law. So I take it very, very seriously. You have to be really eligible to file. And if you don't, Here's a company or two that you should reach out to and talk to them and see if they can fix whatever you need to get to, whether that's a business loan, a mortgage, whatever you need to do for your credit, because bankruptcy is not for you. Yeah, for the no people who bankruptcy it is for, y'all playing and y'all need to hurry up <laughs> before they try to change the law again. And now they scrutinize and make the box even smaller on who can actually qualify. Now let's talk about this real quick. You, you were about to mention something about financial advisors. I want you to talk to the financial advisors real quick. When you're a, yeah, when you're a financial advisor and you are out there doing some hardcore financial planning for your client, right? Mm -hmm. In what situation is it important for you as a financial advisor to make the recommendation that, hey, you know what? You need to talk to a bankruptcy attorney. Versus, versus now, this is what most people do as advisors. They say, you know what, this is this is this is a situation that can be fixed through just some better debt management. I think it's when it's too far. I honestly believe everything in life isn't as theoretical. You know, 
I didn't tell you all of my degrees and stuff, right? But I got a couple of degrees, certifications, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so understand to be true, at the end of the day, your gut still matters. Okay. Irrespective of your degrees, certifications, titles, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. If your gut says, this might be pushing it too far. Right. Stop. Right. I love that. I love it. Let them actually go and talk to someone with bankruptcy because credit management ain't always enough. Debt exactly. management ain't always enough. And when it gets too far, just stop. No doubt. Because here's the thing. You never know if their credit score would actually increase by filing bankruptcy. Again, oh, so this is my point I was making. You have financial advisors, like some of the larger ones who do books and seminars, who tell you, hey, don't file, it's a bad thing. They don't actually know enough to tell you that. They just tell you. Exactly, exactly. Right? No question. Even in audibles, like I went and looked through audibles, the books. You know, everybody don't read by paper no more. They listen. Almost all the books I found were about refilers. People who have filed bankruptcy three and four times is writing books like, hey, y'all, you should do this. It's so great. Wait, what? There's no one really talking about here's the 50 benefits of filing bankruptcy. Right. It's always the negativity at no question. Hey, here in Michigan, you is, that to, is that to keep it their game? Because you talked about who wrote the laws and who plays it. It's the politicians anyway. Is it that to kind of keep it theirs? Like, keep it that good old boy network like to keep people out to deter people from like and is, is it that or but is I don't it think they would want people to file though yeah there's so much money in it it wouldn't even make sense to defer you from it or deter you from it I think it's the lack of knowledge of it see the advantage for me is I've been on the side where people when people file bankruptcies and I'm on the company side and I've been on the side of the people when people are filing bankruptcies most people don't go cross and cross, if that makes sense. Think of a prosecutor and a defense attorney. A prosecutor is going to go from one prosecuting county to another prosecuting county to another prosecuting county. A defense attorney is going to go from a public defender to the defender's counsel to their own private criminal defense attorney. They stay on their side of the lane. Most right. attorneys specialize in one thing on one side mm -hmm. of the lane. No question. And it's the same thing in bankruptcy. Someone who's always represented people kind of always represent people. Someone who represents companies kind of always represent companies. I got the advantage to play on both sides of the coin. So I can tell you on the individual side what you need to do so that you can get rid of this old light bill real quick, because nobody talks about that. Mm -hmm. Bankruptcy actually get rid of the light bill real quick. And you start all over from zero. That water bill, that heat bill, we in Michigan. The heat ain't no joke here, okay? <laughs> you want payment plans for the next six years for two winters ago and the next winter about to come up, right? We about to yeah. drop that to zero and you're going to start all over. Wait, what? No, you can do a bankruptcy and actually refinance your mortgage in the bankruptcy. What you mean? Yeah. You can refinance your car note in the chapter 13. What you mean? Your six, because here, you know, it's Motor City. Your six, seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollar F one fifty. We can drop that down to like three hundred dollars. Wait, what? Wow. In a bankruptcy. This is what I'm saying. It's not just like talking to the person on the other side. You just call one eight hundred customer service. Bankruptcy brings the companies to the table. 
in the state of Michigan, no company can be rep. All companies have to be represented by an attorney, which means I get to speak to another human being who understand the law and say, hey, this is what we want to do real quick. Well, how do you know we can do that? Because I used to represent Ford Finance. What you mean? I know we can. And that's what I love about your background. You have that. You know, I've ran into attorneys. They've only done the sort of consumer bankruptcy, but you've been at the highest. You've been in a very high level with this. So you can see it from both sides. And I, I caught the fact that you said that you have a secret formula. I did catch that. I don't know if the people heard that, but when you hear a lawyer say they got a secret formula, that's somebody you need to call. Because what most people are doing, they're using the formulas that everybody else is using. You know what I'm saying? That's just what they're doing. So exactly. Sheena Melbourne says she has a secret <laughs> bankruptcy yeah. from her own research yeah. and expertise. She figured out, and that's she like, look, I hate to do this, but I'm gonna do it. You know how like like um when they let black folks in and then we just go ahead and remix it. I would call Shakina like the MJ, the LeBron, you gonna read the Steph Curry or the Serena or whoever it may be. You gonna yeah. re you redesign the game. You just remix the game, and now and now you've allowing some people, responsible people, upwardly mobile, educated black folk, to participate. No That's doubt. exactly the, the trajectory point. of our future. That is correct. You are just changed the trajectory of our future in this That's one instance right here. That's the goal. And you have all ages listening to this information. And I wanted to get into this before we we, we kind of wrap up. But you, this is what I love about you too. So you're an attorney, you're experienced and all of that. But what I love is you can be yourself, mm -hmm. right? So you showed up today, you rocking your fly hats. Every time I see you fly, you got your whole Cali swag going. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like that's, but you're you're a lawyer. You're not standing around with some little blouse mm -hmm. on, talking corny and all that. Like we're we're off of that. Well, you if you're a financial advisor, you are engineer, you are a lawyer. I feel like more of us are embracing. Like I'm gonna be who I am. I know just as much as my counterparts that got the Brooks Brothers on and all of that. But I'm gonna be me. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna use regular language. Mm -hmm. I'm yes. going to break it down so you can understand and I'm going to make myself accessible to you. Yes. That is very understand. I got complete blonde hair. I ain't got no hair. <laughs> I'm living out my best life. I've got no my client Marina having this pocket. Like, understand, I had to also understand my audience. Going into business, understanding the demographics of who I'm trying to attract. I can't be fully suited and booted and attract the people who either know that they need to file or the people who never thought they needed to and they do. Preach. Preach. Right. You look like the ops. You one of them. Right. You? I talk to clients. <laughs> I got two sides to me, okay? I would just, you know. So I got the, you know, yes, Your Honor, I understand. And then I had a, nigga, if you don't get your shit done, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a problem. Right. You have to, I, I understood that or I had to learn and understand that because it's part of the counseling process before someone goes into bankruptcy. You're playing on childhoods. You're playing on seeds that were planted through trial and error. You're playing with failures or the ideas of them being a failure. 
Because see, some people don't see themselves as, oh, I just don't understand finance. It's like I'm a whole failure in life because I'm finance. Yeah, they take it. You're there. attacking the emotions. Yeah. And I yeah. have to, I mean, if you need us to pray on a phone, I'm praying with you guys, praise and Jesus, right. right? Because at the end of the day, we need to develop from the inside out in order to get you to where you're trying to go. Yeah. And that's that, that word, that, whole, that word, uh, holistic. The Correct. Because yeah. I don't really talk about all my degrees and stuff because I don't need to be more unrelatable. I'm already right. an attorney. I'm unrelatable. Let's just like that. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that. I'm, I'm on that same page. I don't, I'm not going to never talk about none of that stuff because for one, thank you for saying that. That's going to be a clip that we got to cut. But yeah. that's why I don't do it, right? Mm -hmm. And because, first of all, it doesn't really matter because there's too many people that you, if I'm work, if I wanted to work with Shakina or if I wanted to work with Scott or Eric, there's too many people that I can go to to get confirmation of does she know what he's, she's doing or does he know what I'm doing, right? So you don't have to walk around and say, I went to this school and I had this certification and all that. To me, when you have to do that, you're not really good at what you do. Right. I always felt that. I should be if able you to went to this to... great school, somebody already know about that. Why do you yeah. have to? Correct. Why would I even have to lie about it? That's the other part. But right. I have clients that are like that. Don't get me wrong. And I quickly be like, well, first, you know, I already have, okay, I'm black. Okay, that's already some problem for some people. All right, you're a woman. That's also kind of a problem because the law is a brotherhood, right? Then I have this youth thing. Right, because here I am in my 30s still trying to tell people how to fix their life. Like, girl, you don't know how to fix your life, right? You're still trying to develop your own. Fair, I totally understand that, I respect that. This is why I have mentors that are 10 and 15 years older than me for that reason. Understanding that to be true, I also have clients where I have to show them my license. Like, I don't have to lie, here's my real license so you can match up the names and make sure you understand this is I am who I am. Because again, especially black people, we have been like, We've been torn down so much that you have to go down to build up. Damn. We think we're starting at zero to build up. That's not how this works. Most of us have to go down, especially in the professional services, legal services. This is why you have other nationalities that charge black people more money. Why? Because that, that includes your time and effort and education costs. Right. But you know what? I want to go down to go yeah. up. The thing I noticed too, and this has been my experience, maybe yours is the same. I feel like I have to do that. I haven't had to do that in quite some time to like, here's my license and all that. Mm -hmm. I think people are kind of getting away from that, I feel like, but mm -hmm. I think it is, it was, it was started because yeah, people have been tricked so much. Mm -hmm. They've been torn down. They've been made to feel like they don't deserve to have an attorney or a financial advisor or whatever it is. But I feel like people are more so now looking at your who you've worked with in the past mm -hmm. or what can you point to that you've done that I can go talk to somebody. They look at references a lot. I think yeah. LinkedIn has been helpful because it's like if I do do that, I'd be like, why don't you just go look at my LinkedIn page or whatever. That's yeah, where all I'm, the controls and all that are. I'll add in on that, too. I think it's just more like is what you're saying making sense. Yeah. Like, I don't, you could put anything on LinkedIn. I don't care about none of that. You can put anything on your resume. You can put anything on your website right now. I didn't mm -hmm. see that. I don't, so when I connect with you, when I get with you, you know, first of all, E, we're going to go back to it. First of all, how did I even get in front of you? 
Mm-hmm. It's from a no like and trust factor. Right. And if it's from a trusted no like, if Eloy, if E Money sent you, okay, then I'm trusting it. And then is what you're saying making sense? And Shakina, since you've been on, you've been knocking it out the park. <laughs> knocking yeah. it out the park. I don't care this morning what we what we even expected. Man, please. But I'm gonna tell you all something. Y'all got all this game today. I do want you all to go to Shakina's website. Shakina, can you tell the people where to go to get in front of you or just to learn more about your company? Yeah, Upton Law. So that's U P T O N Law P L L C dot com. Got a little bio, my whole little life story, because you know you got your attorney, you got to tell people who you are. And then, you know, there's contact section, and it breaks down a little bit about the different things that the firm works on, like expungements, like um, bankruptcies, even the business tool. Because even in COVID, what we discovered is a lot of people either refuse to go back to work or their jobs completely permanently closed down. So you're left to figuring out a new way to bring in income. And we do things to help people with their businesses because again what i'm learning is it's better to be whole than it is to be half-assed no doubt a lot of us are walking around saying we're business owners but we don't actually understand business yes that happens so much and a lot of people are not are missing the point of the generate generational wealth aspect of being a business owner making sure the estate planning is tight and do yep. I need a buy sell agreement? Do I need the executive insurance? You know, it's like a lot of those pieces are still getting missed. So, and then you can go to Shakina's LinkedIn page if you want to see all of the degrees and certifications <laughs> and all of that. You can go over there, Shakina Melbourne. Um, I got a question. I know, and you weren't yeah. even supposed to be on here this long, but oh, it, just, okay. it just was flowing. It was flowing. You couldn't stop the flow. Yeah. Um, our attorneys today still charging by the quarter hour is it still like that today or is that man <laughs> because i just had a, i just had an epiphany e-money i'm about my, to tell you oh go ahead. my epiphany was that my my I, I imagine being hanging out with my attorneys more than hanging out with my damn bodyguards mm. okay yeah yeah so is as so so talk to me about how attorneys are charging these days Okay, I'm going to tell you what people do, and I'm going to tell you what I do because I do two different things, right? So typically, attorneys still charge by the hour. Some people do free consultation. More so, they're charging you for a consultation, 30 minutes. Um, Some things are flat rate. Some things are hourly, right? But what I did is because, again, based on my demographics, I cut all my costs in half. So I don't have any overhead costs. And what I mean by that is I don't have a building. How do you have a law firm with no building? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. so, now, you did exactly. have a building at one point, though, right? You chose, I you did, just- but it was really a co-working space just to meet with people for confidential okay. information, like a okay. will trust, right? Okay. But for the most part, for me personally, I didn't like sitting at an office desk for eight hours, mm. right? I like going to coffee shops and going outside and you know, stuff like that. Well, what I didn't realize is it also helped create a warmer environment for people that were uncomfortable. So the whole firm is virtual. 
Um, I use like three softwares and I can run the firm from a phone, an iPad, or a computer. God dreams of Wi-Fi. Correct. And so understanding that to be true, I then also meet people in warm environments. You see, okay. what happens is when you go into a law firm, you have a large cherry wood desk and the bookshelves and all that, people have a bit of anxiety and expectations. <laughs> right. Right? So if well, I meet you at the coffee shop, right, if I meet you at the coffee shop, or I meet, right, exactly, or I meet you at, you know, one of my other clients, like clothing stores, and I'm like, yeah, girl, so what's going on? I can actually talk to you that way. We can be still in a space where it's confidential. We chilling on a couch, or we're chilling at, you know, like the coffee bar. And I learned that this also reduced the anxiety. When I wear gym clothes, believe it or not, we just homies talking. Right. I just know how to answer the question that you couldn't figure out. Let's talk about that a little bit more real quick for the younger people out there. The fact that, yes, you might have on your track suit or whatever, but you are still conducting yourself in a professional manner. Where where is that? So let's talk about that for the younger people and, and maybe some older people. Like, where's the professionalism piece in that? Because some people will say, well, you're not in the suit and tie. That's not professional. Where's the professionalism infused? This is where we go to all the degrees. I oh. have. <laughs> drop, drop, drop every last one of them right now. Every single last okay. one. Run them. Run it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know, I went to college and I got Here's your moment of time. Drop every single one, every single school right now. Oh, Certification. Go out. Right. Go out. Right. Show your ass right I'll now. Start, all right, I'll start backwards. Right. So at 25, I have all my degrees. I'm going to start there. Okay. okay. Pass the bar. Yep. And everything. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started uh, college, I went to high school, right? In high school, my senior year, I also completed my first year of college. So I went to UC Riverside, which is in California, and I got my degree in political science and international affairs. Went okay. to college for three years. By 21, I started law school. Moved to Michigan, went to law school, and I did a dual program. Most people know of the law degree, which is your Jewish doctorate. Your Jewish doctorate is equivalent to something as like your PhD in education. But okay. there's actually three degrees you can get in law. You have your Jewish doctorate, which is the lowest. You have a master's of law, and then you have a PhD of law. So I did a dual program in law school and got my Jewish doctorate and my master's in law in corporate and finance. Mm. In addition to that, because Eric will be able to attest to that, I got my life insurance license. <laughs> I got a real estate agent. That's your series six. Got like series six and all that. No, I didn't go that far with it because my passion was truly the law. Okay. But I wanted to be able to see how I can incorporate the law with these other backgrounds and resources to help people who were in the lower income bracket. So even in law school, I've always wanted to help small businesses or people of low income, but I was always told that it wasn't financial, financially feasible. But okay. if I created a firm that didn't have a significant overhead cost, such as rent, 
I would be able to do that. So the whole firm's expenses, outside of staff, of course, is like $200. So that I would be able in a position to charge people amounts that they can actually afford. Absolutely. To then be able, because in my mind, my motto is I'm gonna change from the inside out. Let's say this even a little more plainer, because I want to make sure people understood this too. What Shakina is telling us is she owns her own law firm. And oh, that yeah, law sorry. firm, because we, we didn't really, we missed that. I didn't yeah, know yeah, yeah, that. But let's be clear. Let's be clear. Shakina owns her own law firm. She owns it. So she can say what she want to do. She can say what she want to say. As long as she's not doing that and affect her license and all that, she's good. This is Upton Law is hers. And then what she also said that everybody it. paid attention to is, is that law firm operates virtually. Yeah. And that's going come see you at the coffee shop. And hey, look, hey, look, hey, look, Mark, yeah. uh, your boy, your boy. It's five your boy. of us on the team. It's a, I consider it an all black female firm. Elon Musk, Elon Musk got SpaceX. Shakina got Upton Law. Upton Law, baby. It's on that level, in the same breath. In the same breath. In the same breath, SpaceX, Upton Law. You heard of them? Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's an all-black female firm. We all work from home or wherever we want to work from. Like today, I'm working at the oh. marina. Um yeah, I know it's a Sunday, but I have the ability to do that because it doesn't really matter. And your client owns this marina, right? Yeah, that is right. He actually owns two of them. Okay. And so this is just one that I'm at, and I'm working here. Because, I mean, the paperwork is still the same. Bankruptcies can be filed electronically at this point. Um, but this is not something COVID-related. This is from 2007 is when now, they started you, electronic do you still need to get uh, licensed in other states if I want to work with you here in Illinois? Or uh, what question you have? Great so, question. Because bankruptcy is federal, all I have oh. to do is file one piece of paper and be able to file. Oh, okay. you I don't have to take another license exam. I don't have to do none okay. of that. It just has to be worth filing the paperwork because I need a client in order to bring to the federal court in Illinois to say, okay, I'm going to start filing cases here. Okay, okay. So if you're out there and you are seeing Shakina and you live in another state, she just said you can work with her, just call, go to Upton Law, get the consultation. She can work with you. She'll take care of filing the paperwork. I wanna, we're gonna, we're gonna let you go in a second, Shakina, because we got one more segment that we gotta get to, which is our actual, we have a, a corporate segment that we do each week. Um, called Characters Incorporate. And I want to get some submissions from you one day. We don't give people's names. We just give the scenario and then they ask us what we think about it. But okay. before we go, um, I want you to do two things. One, I want you to tell everybody again where they can get with you. And then I want to tell a really quick story. Shakina was there when I met my wife. Wow. Oh, yeah. You remember that day, Shakina? Hey, baby girl. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 It was like super, super quick. Uh, back in the day, back in the day, I had a I had a team, yeah. a financial team, and Shakina was one of the people on my team. We had a convention out in Vegas. 
Um, Shakina came through all these different people on my team. Um, I didn't know Betty yet. So I'm going to the airport to go get Shakina. Shakina's like, yo, I'm going to be landing at this time. I'm going to the airport to get Shakina. Oh, wait, don't while, forget, it was at nighttime. So people it was at like, night. why would you be going to the airport to go, you know, meet with her? That don't make sense. It was at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. Like, can you please come and make sure I get to the hotel yeah, properly? No so, you know, I was out partying and doing my thing. I broke away from that to go get my friend. So I'm feeling good. You know, I walked into the airport and I saw Betty uh, sitting on a bench reading. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wow, I ain't never seen nobody reading in Vegas. Reading a map on where to go, but not. Yeah, <laughs> and not only was she reading, she had a whole book bag full of stuff she was reading. And I'm like, okay. So I was intrigued. So I walked over and introduced myself. And, you know, after that, I was like, well, my friend is coming. So I got to go get her. And so we exchanged. I think I gave her my number or my email or something. She was kind of looking at me like, all right, whatever. And so I went and got Shakina and I started walking back past uh, Betty. And Betty went like this. Like, oh, for real? That? That's your friend? Yes, I remember that. Well, like, looking, oh, I'm that's the kind of friend you went to go get. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at <laughs> Betty. I'm like, why is she doing this? She just sitting there like this smile. Yeah, right. Going to get you went to go pick up your girl. <laughs> exactly. Right, right. So she was thinking that, like, this dude is on some player stuff. He's talking about. Then he's going to go get his girl, this girl, and walk past me. So she's like, all right, player, you doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? So. I had to get back in touch with Betty later to try to explain to her. Wait, you didn't do it in that moment? You didn't do it in nah, that moment? No, nah, no, because I didn't. Look, I was so slow in that moment, too. I didn't even understand what that meant. You didn't get it. No, yeah, you talked to me about So we're heading back to the hotel. Like, the craziest thing happened. Why do you think she did that? It was a girl, so I'm going to say the girl stuff. She was like, oh, for real? She could see or believe this to be something totally different than exactly. what it was. Exactly. And that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened. So I had to go through a lot to get past that. You know what I'm saying? But we got we got past it. She finally understood what it was. But yeah, and I just we all get along fine. Yeah, we all get along fine. I had put you on. I got you all connected with each other early yep. on. So it's all love. It's good. Um, yep. You were actually supposed to come to see you all in Detroit and your yeah. significant other, but it didn't happen. But yeah. That's the backstory. It's one of the back. See, see Betty's comment right there, huh? <laughs> True, <laughs> story. <laughs> True story. That's what happened. It is. True story. So yeah, that's, that's how that's so Shakina was there the day I met my wife. Well, Crazy. no doubt. So I hey, thank you for coming through, Shakina. This was great. Yeah. I really appreciate it. This I didn't know it was gonna be this good, but I know how you are. Like I just I know you thoroughly understand anything that you yeah. represent. So that's most important. Like I don't even take people's money until I know that I can solve the problem. No doubt. Because I believe your dollar is no different than mine. You have to work hard for it to get it, and I have to work to earn it. No problem. So to, to, to all the people that um that that learn of you and decide to call you, please let Shakina know that you saw her on the Money Sex Gen X podcast. Please. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's better now that you saw her here. And uh, yeah, I've got a couple billboards here now. I got about And Shakina, I don't know if you know this. I tell people this. This is the truth. Like you inspired me to do this podcast because Shakina had her own. I don't know if you know this too. Shakina had her a show. Yeah, you told me. I used to see her rock out every week, and I'm like, man, I want to do that. Now, Shakina knows I'm an introvert, so it was a struggle. You know what I'm saying? Now, I know Shakina's an introvert, because I'm like, okay, if Shakina could do it, maybe I could do it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Man, I'm going to work on redoing something. Maybe not exactly that show. Because at first okay. I used to shy away from the idea of even talking about the law. Right. Because it was important for me to know it, but it was also important for me to know that people were actually interested. Right. So the show used to talk about everything else but that. And my dad would call me every week and be like, I listened to the show, but um, why are you still haven't brought up anything about the law? <laughs> That's what they so, want to hear. Yeah, yeah so I'm going to do some reversion of it with like me and the ladies of Upton Law. Okay. So that people can also see who's working with them, but even their knowledge, because no one on the team, um, let's put it like this, training is important, but experience is important. No so, doubt. you know, most of the, two of the women that work on the bankruptcies have been in bankruptcy for six, seven years. Okay. They can answer the same questions I can answer. There is okay. no real difference. The goal is, is correct. Even the person who helps with expungements, like we really put in the time and effort to actually be able to help. I think that's important for everybody to know. While we may not work with you directly, we're working with an attorney from your firm, and everybody in that attorney in that firm is qualified. Correct. Don't be like, well, I want to speak to Chikina because I saw Chikina. No, 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 no. Not directly, anyway. <laughs> Well, because now court is virtual as well, and people don't really realize. But if I'm in court, I feel like it's a disservice if I don't answer you quickly. But if Deidre does, for example, and she can get your answer real quick, and you still yeah. keep going on with the journey or the process or whatever you need to do, then it's important to me because I feel like your time is just as valuable as well. And everybody shares the same vision for the clients. That's to correct. To put everybody in a better position. So that's what everybody's working for. That's yeah. Right. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they're in the comfort of their home. They better be. Yeah. <laughs> that's another value add. Up to law, com. Now, do you have a preferred way that you would like people to reach out or does it doesn't matter? Like, what if they want to call versus going on a website? Um, all of it is available. We do Instagram, okay. DM to Instagram. We do Facebook. Okay. I get messages on Facebook. Okay. We know how website. to get at, you. get at you, huh? Get at you is what you're saying. Yeah. However you, however if you I want don't to get, get it to you today, just know you got to give me a little time. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get at us. Here it is. Go to the website. Get the numbers and the grams and the socials. and Get at them and be patient. These ain't, these ain't we're not trapping out here. These are upwardly mobile, highly educated, fraternity and sorority affiliated yeah. folk, educated black folk on here. So they're going, we know what it is. We know that everybody's official that comes through the MSG podcast, the Money Section X podcast. And uh, we all winning. We all winning. So yes, I want to thank you for being here. I'm, I, 
I'd love to keep you for longer, but I wanted to say thank you for being here, E. Thank you so much. And I think the way we end with is this. The question was, should you file bankruptcy? You got to call Shakina and find out. Shakina, man. <laughs> call her and find out. I'm calling. I'm calling. I'm about to get my situation righteous, brother. <laughs> All right, you know, we're going to let you go. Thank you so much. We're going to knock out this other segment and we will try to get you back on for season five. Okay. Yes, please. All right. All right. All right. Thank please. you. Take care. Wow, that was good, man. Hold up. Let's do this real quick. Reset. All right, man. Man, you have to reset, man. Okay, okay. Well, that was a great segment. Wow. Man, I got a lot out of that. I learned some things that I did not know. I didn't. I learned. Every, I'm right with you. Ditto. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good stuff. So we're kicking off season four, episode one with a bang. Wow. We're going to do our last segment, uh, which is we call characters from corporate. Yeah, Dude, can you tell the people why we thought it was important to do this every every week? Characters from corporate. Uh, no, nah, it escapes me. I know it's yours. <laughs> you, okay, but it was like we wanted. You know, I, I don't remember. I mean, I think it, let me let me give you my version. It was like it was important to do this segment just because we know we may have been been on some shiesty BS back in the day when we worked walked our corporate hallways and that's right. You know. We see other cats doing these different segments. So, you know, what do we add to it? And it's our experience in corporate. And we want to let people know that, you know, you are on your journey. Um, you might be feeling if you're out of line or out of pocket of you being uh, appropriate or inappropriate. And you come to us and let and ask us for our opinion about whether or not you are in tune or out of tune, whether you're a character or not. I think that's my remix version of it, but why don't you do a better version if, if if that if that doesn't suffice? Hey, brother, I can't do any better than that. That's it, man. I mean, we, we all wanted to get that mentorship and feedback when we were younger. A lot of us didn't get it, so we're just trying to just add that to the culture. That's all it is. No so doubt. here's our submission for this week, Stu. Uh, this came to us. It says, hi, I'm a 43-year-old black man from Philly. Shout out to Illadelph. Um, he says, Gen X represent. Some of my favorite music artists are coming out of Philly, by the way. Uh, he says, Gen X represent. Now, he's saying, I've been in corporate for over 20 years. I graduated from Hampton University with an engineering degree. Okay. Uh, my wife is also 43. We are in the early stages of a cleaning business startup company. Okay. We have a few clients. We've been doing the work ourselves with our kids in the evenings after our nine to five gigs. I told some of my coworkers recently about what I was doing. My wife found out and got really nervous that I could lose my job if the higher ups in the firm find out. Did I play myself by telling coworkers? Am I a character from corporate for doing that? Hmm. All right, 43 year old Philly. Hampton University engineering degree. Apparently, he's at an engineering firm in the area. His wife and I decided to go to, to start a business. Beyond entrepreneurs have something for themselves. Started a cleaning company, doing it with the kids. You know, 
He was he was excited about it. He told the people it works, dude. And now his wife is nervous. Did he play himself by doing that? Hmm. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think I think I, I you know I dig with his wife saying just fall back a little bit, you know. Um, but if it's after hours, I mean they're not they're not ditching their work to do it. Um, depends on they work engineering. I mean, there's no conflict of real, no, really no conflict of interest. Uh, gotta just make his wife feel okay, comfortable that he's not putting them in jeopardy of losing their job. And the best way to do that, maybe just to, okay, you got it out, fall back a little bit, but nah, you're not a character. You're good. What you think, E? Okay, so Stu's saying he don't think you're a character. I agree with Stu. I don't. I don't think you're a character. I've been there. You're happy. You're excited. Yeah. You know, it's it's a feeling that person can't really describe when you have your own company. Yeah. You know, and so it's hard to contain that. So no, I don't think you're a character. I mean, I think you should, like Stu was saying, you might want to be a little careful. You know, you could tell certain people maybe. But hey, you know, it is what it is. You know, the universe works in mysterious ways. Like. You could tell them and lose your job. That might actually be what what's needed for you to get to where you need to go. That's right. That's right. You know, so hey, just just flow with it. Congratulations to you and your wife, and thank you for that submission. So no, yeah. I do not think you're a character for doing it. Yeah. All right. I, mean, I, wanna, I wanna I wanna I wanna clear one piece. Of, so I didn't have music for the beginning of the show. We have music for the outro. Okay. Hey. Artists, by the way, just real quick, you wanted to. I wanted you to tell people about how your event went for yesterday for uh music school. Oh man, yesterday. So, musicspool.com is a music streaming platform for new and emerging artists. One of the big pieces of the platform is that we educate the artists, kind of like what we did here, but very, very focused on helping these artists monetize their artistry, live off their artistry, become artists. And so yesterday we launched and uh, hosted our very first uh, virtual workshop, a uh, music seminar, if you will, featuring Gigi Miller and my boy, uh, Gigi Miller, who does artist development, and Terry D, who is uh, the innovator of the reactor song, the song reactor, which helps the artist determine if this song is a hit or not. And um, without some, some technical challenges in the beginning, the quality of information was absolutely phenomenal. Okay. We had some people chiming in, man. And then we also had a virtual, uh, well, it was actually in-person streaming live performance that took place at Corner 52 in, How in Hyde Park. And that featured Gino Pacino, King oh, Chad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dawes Lotto, uh, and, uh, and uh, H2O performed. Okay. Okay. And uh, so that was the beginning. That was the first ever so it's in the books, it's in the bag, man. It was well, and it only gets better from here. Okay. So if, you are, if you are a music enthusiast, you like music, all genres of music, you want to find new music, go to musicspool.com. If you are an emerging artist, um, go to musicspool.com and upload your music. One last piece I'm going to say about this. This season's episode, uh, we have an intro. You just saw a little commercial break. This season's episode features music from a pool artist, our very own, our very, very own Mark Sanders, who's a producer, Lava Boy. Wow. Lava Boy. Lava All right. Boy. All right. 
this this season's video uh, intro video features the music of Lava Boy. Lava Boy. Okay. Lava Boy. Go check out Lava Boy on musicspool.com. He has some beats uploaded. And lavaboy.co, I believe is his, his website. But uh just want to throw that out there. So thank you for that, man. It was, it was dope. It was a dope event. Man. All right. Cool. I, I did get to see Gino perform. He, he got that one song that we played last season that I really love. I got to see him perform that. You yeah, missed yeah. one. You missed probably the most important piece of information that, that I wanted you to tell people. Those oh, oh, what do you think is, that is? Is it the sponsors? No, sir. It, oh. Who's the owner of the, the platform? <laughs> First, let me shout out to all the sponsors of yesterday's okay, event. Yeah, do that. Man. Get get out all the sponsors, all the sponsors from Streetwise. Streetwise is a Chicago-based organization that's committed to eradicating homelessness. Shout out to Streetwise. Shout out to Boy So Ill Beats. If you need some beats, check out Boy So Ill Beats. Shout out to uh, GeniusLabChicago.com, Genius Lab. They are focused on educating youth, primarily Black and Latinx students, on business and technology and all things considered. Uh, shout out to So Well Productions. So Well Productions, that's owned by H2O. If you need a production of a live event, check out So Well Productions. And uh, shout out to Hubris Global Wealth Management. You want to get your finances in order, personal or professional, for your business. They are the financial therapist, the financial therapist, Hubris Global Wealth Management, owned by the very own, very, very yours truly, the very own Eric McLeod. And pool, musicspool.com. I am one of the co-founders of musicspool.com. Right, right, right. One of the co-founders of musicspool.com. Shout out to Philip, Christian, and Sandro in Bosnia, Herzegovina, my other three co-founders who are building every single line of code from scratch. This is a serious dude that I got from my co-host. This brother is super ill. Musicspool.com, one of the co-founders. Go check it out. Check it out, man. All right, so we do have Pool Artists of the Week. And it's actually, do you want Gino Pacino? Let's go Gino Pacino, this one. I don't think, did you hit a gospel joint yet? No, no, I did not. Well, we're going Gino Pacino featuring King Chaz. Okay. Moment of praise. It's right here. Check it out. Praise the Lord. For the day. It's only fitting. It's only fitting this Sunday, right? No, sir. Yes, Sunday sir. Brunch, Sunday, brunch. Sunday brunch with me with Money Sex Gen X. Sunday Sunday brunch with Money Sex Gen X. Gino Pacino, featured artist of the week. Here we go. All right. Praise the Lord for the day this mercy reign. This your name of praise. Praise the Lord for the day this mercy reign. It's your name of praise Even at my lowest point I know you was gonna anoint me The game went up zero point three You don't wanna time it's right And you lay me down at night I know if I ever did it wrong But you would make it right Thankful for you with words Humble in your warm embrace Every time they tried to tear me down That smile was on my face Come on, you know. a testament 
I knew I was ever sent. Ever since I'm covered by the blood, I'm in my element. Lived a life projector, made me feel irrelevant. Gave my life into my Lord and Savior, I've been better since. They say I'm a better man, I'm hoping you understand. Everything can change with the Lord, I give you my hand. Went from Santa to a saint, never had to contemplate. How I made it up until this point, let me reiterate. They say I'm a better man, I'm hoping you understand. Everything can change with the Lord, I give you my hand. Praise the Lord. For the day, and they got to go to the platform to hear the rest of that, bro. That was I like that. I, I really feel like Gino. I'm gonna have to continue to listen to his work. Like, yeah, man. yeah I ain't gonna even get. You got to go go to musicspool.com to hear the rest of that. That's a banger, bro. Yes, it is. Another Gino and King Chaz, man. No doubt. Moment of pride. Right. So this has been a great episode. Thank you for rocking out with the Money, Sex, Gen X podcast. Um, next week, we're going to do a topic called Are You a High-Value Man? We're going to get deep into that. I'm looking forward to that conversation. Stu, anything you want to say to the people as we go out? Ah, man, you got it, man. Mark going to run that commercial, and that's our out. Until next time, brother. Peace. Peace.